As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. I think it's kind of a universal thing not being able to figure out with your partner what you're going to eat for dinner. Well, that's the truth. And we have, especially in this new environment with new foods available to us and also searching for comfort foods, we've especially struggled. Lately, I've only been able to come up with like two options. It's like there's only two things in the world that uh, that we can eat. Yeah. Spaghetti and grilled cheese. <laughs> and you really have this weird thing where you don't like to impose upon me. So sometimes when I ask you, like, what do you want? Instead of telling me what you want, you try to yeah. come up with something that would be easy for me to make. Right. Which is very annoying. And I know you think you're being helpful. Well, but- I don't expect you to make my food is is the thing. And when you offer to, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm a, I don't know, a chauvinist. Yeah, woman, get in the kitchen and make me something. <laughs> so um, I try to think of something that is going to be not too complicated. I would like toast, I think, yeah, best. To- toast. Toast Light would be best. In water, if that's not too much. But yeah, that's kind of the, the process my mind goes through. So what I want from you is for you to tell me like <laughs> what you would like. And I, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. What would you like to eat tonight for dinner? Okay. Um, shepherd's pie. Well, that's too much. But <laughs> if you wanted something like... <laughs> okay. All right. That's just very... Toast. I don't I even meant, think that we... <laughs> I meant toast. I've got a little bit of a sore throat uh, today, so would you mind going first? I would love going first. Okay. I miss going first from time to time. Well, now's your chance, girl. (laughs) So the other day, we had an exciting thing happen, and we can't really talk about it yet, but um, I think it'll be exciting for you too. But anyway, it was exciting for us, and so I went to the store to get a bottle of Champagne. Champagne, we call it here in the house. Yeah. 
And normally when we get champagne, it's not actually champagne. No. It's, it's sparkling wine and let's be real. Uh, but I was at the store and I found a bottle that actually said champagne on it. And I thought, now is this an Ecuadorian thing where they're like, whatevs, this is all champagne? <laughs> or, but it was actually champagne. And I got to thinking about like those things that have to come from a certain place in order to be those things like champagne is not champagne unless it comes from the champagne region of france otherwise it's just sparkling wine or like philly cheesesteaks wait no no you can yeah. still get those no that's not right no and i thought well, well what else is like that and what is the rule like who makes those rules and so i got digging into it and then i thought hey if I'm going to be doing all this reading and research and stuff, I should do it for the podcast because <laughs> I should have been working and you need to come up with a topic for the, the show that you do. Right. And you're out all buying champagne nimbly bimbly. Right. So here we go. Champagne enjoys protected origin status. A protected designation of origin is a type of geographical indication used to protect the names of agricultural products or foods that come from a specific region. It signifies that the product's quality or characteristics are essentially due to its geographic origin. Products must be produced in specific regions and follow stringent production methods in order to bear the PDO label. Now, is this like an international organization? So it's not international. Most are European. I see. But a lot of countries have ways of dealing with this type of thing. In the US, for example, usually instead of having like a protected origin status, it will be trademarked. Okay. But different countries do it in different ways. And it is worth noting that PDO is just one type of geographical indication. Other types include PGI, which is a protected geographical indication, and TSG, Traditional Specialties Guaranteed. These designations aim to preserve and promote traditional products while offering consumers assurance about their origin and quality. PGI and TSG are both European Union designations, but as we said, these types of things come from all around the globe. The benefits of a PDO or PSG or whatever ensures that products meet specific standards. It also protects the reputation and cultural heritage of specific regions and specific products. Also, and this is where it gets a little hinky, PDO products often command higher prices due to their reputation and unique characteristics, which is where some people get into debates about whether or not these things are really beneficial to us as consumers. Right, because there could be a sparkling wine from a different region than the Champagne region that might actually be better than a lot of champagnes. Absolutely. Authentic champagnes. Because not all champagne is good. No. Regardless of where it comes from. Kobe beef is a great example. It's a highly valued protected beef that comes from the Hyogo prefecture in Japan. The cattle 
have to be fed a carefully controlled diet that includes high quality grains, grasses, or even beer, beer. or sake. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe cattle are big beer drinkers. The cattle are raised in a stress-free environment and given special care, including regular massages. And it's got to pass inspections and meet strict criteria in order to be certified as authentic Kobe beef. I saw a documentary on it years ago where the uh, caretakers are actually, well, they feed, they feed them the beer and then they just massage their butts. Yeah, and their massages are done with alcohol often as well. Now, I don't want to get into whether or not I think that's appropriate in any way because I don't, but um, I'm just telling you the facts, not trying to get all emotional about it. I don't know. If somebody fed me beer and rubbed my ass, I'd let them eat me. I don't know. I mean, not I just have to one feel time. About what you just said, it would have to be like over and over again. That's a like repeatedly. For a while. Okay. Undesignated or undetermined uh, period of time, but that could be negotiated later. Bon appetit, mon frere. Moving right along, uh, tequila is a distilled spirit made exclusively from blue agave plants grown in specific regions of Mexico. The agave plants have to be harvested at optimal maturity usually after at least seven years of growth. And then they're cooked, crushed, fermented, and distilled in order to produce tequila. It's actually regulated by Mexican law, and only spirits produced in those specific regions in Mexico can legally be called tequila. That's amazing to think that, um, because again, it doesn't depend on what region something is made in. There can be some bad versions of it. And I can think of some really low-end tequilas, and it's uh, interesting to think that that's protected Yeah. in some way. I have the right to call this tequila, even though it's garbage. It's more like paint thinner or a fine varnish. <laughs> Darjeeling tea, which comes from India. It's grown in the district of West Bengal, India, and it's renowned for its distinctive flavor and aroma. These soil conditions where it's grown are part of what makes it so unique. And it's the climate conditions, the soil, and the tea gardens are located at high altitudes, ranging from 1,000 to 2,500 meters, which contributes to the tea's distinctive flavor. Then the tea leaves are carefully hand-plucked, usually following the two leaves and a bud rule, which are it's only the youngest and most tender leaves are harvested, which I think that two leaves and a bud rule, it sounds funny. So, it sounds like a late 90s uh, Ashton Kutcher film. <laughs> exactly. Darjeeling tea also undergoes specific processing methods, including withering, rolling. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> oxidation and firing to bring out its characteristic aroma and flavor mm -hmm. stop colombian coffee growing conditions again very important the coffee is grown in the mountain regions of colombia altitude soil climate all contribute to its unique taste and then there's a processing method called wet processing where the coffee cherries are pulped fermented washed and then dried Again, it undergoes strict quality control measures, including grading and cupping evaluations to ensure consistency and excellence. Roquefort cheese. Now, Roquefort is a blue veined cheese made from sheep's milk, but in order to be marked under the Roquefort designation of origin, a cheese must be processed from raw milk from a certain breed of sheep. Is this the one that they, they let it cure 
in specific caves. Yes. And, and the blue veins in it, uh, it's 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 mold. Yeah. Delicious, delicious blue veiny mold. A lot of the things that we like about cheese are mold adjacent. Fermented. The sheep have to be raised in a specific territory so that they're fed specific foods. And the cheese must be refined in one of the cellars of the Roquefort sur Solzon. Sur, sur? Roquefort sur Solzon. I'm going to just skip that part. Yeah. Where it's got to be seeded with mold spores prepared from traditional strains endemic to the same cellars. Crazy. Yeah. Scotch whiskey is protected by law. It's got a strict regulation that governs its production, aging process, and geographic limitations. Napa Valley wine, it's got a PGI status, ensuring that the wines produced there adhere to specific standards. Basmati rice, it's a long grain aromatic rice primarily grown in certain regions in India and Pakistan, and that's received a protected origin status, which safeguards the name and quality associated with that particular style of rice. But how can you be sure that what's touted as an original is what it says it is? That's something that has been a strug for years because, I mean, like anything else, there are knockoffs. And it's a lot easier to tell the difference between a fake Prada bag and a real Prada bag than it is fake Roquefort cheese and real Roquefort cheese. UVVIS spectroscopy can be a valuable tool for confirming the geographical origins of foods and determining their authenticity. It offers, now this is according to scientists, a simple and cost-effective technique that can be utilized in everyday laboratories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me, scientists. I don't even understand how Velcro works. <laughs> <laughs> Numerous studies have employed UV-VIS spectroscopy to classify and characterize various food products, vegetables, fruits, juices, olive oils, honeys, particularly those labeled with protected designation of origin. Now, in a specific case, part of the mushroom Wolfiporia extensa from southwest China was successfully differentiated using UV absorbance spectroscopy with a range of, it doesn't matter because I don't know what that means, but... When these tools were employed, the data that resulted shows that you can use these spectroscopy methods to determine geographical origins. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a digital trademark, organic digital trademark. Yeah. Now PGI can cover a wide range of agricultural and food products, and it's got more stringent requirements and regulations compared to TSG. TSG products include Black Forest Ham from Germany or Prosciutto from Italy. TSG primarily applies to traditional processed foods and certain agricultural products. TSG can often refer to a product coming from a specific place and there being specific techniques used. And that is a cultural heritage kind of protection. For example, this product comes from this place and these people have been doing it for years. They know what's up. This is how it's done. So each of these protection statuses have different qualifications and standards. But some people say that none of these things are necessary at all and that it's just a money grab and that 
if you want to make Parmesan cheese in Arizona, you should be able to make Parmesan cheese in Arizona. Europe's approach to geographical indication production has been criticized for favoring traditional producers at the expense of consumer welfare and economic growth. It's said by some that European policymakers tend to overemphasize the connection between quality and origin while restrict the flow of accurate information to consumers. And it's more about keeping those old money, wealthy Parmesan makers in the big money Parmesan industry. You know what I'm saying? Like the Roquefort family. Is it all necessary? Well, I will leave that up to you to decide. And that's all we have for tonight. Thanks for joining us. That's not all we have. I have a story. I just meant about cheese origins. Okay. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month 
free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. And now, that thing in the middle. The world is full of strange and unusual rituals and superstitions. For example, in the early 20th century, when Americans moved out of one house into another, they would burn all their dishcloths. This was supposedly to keep the bad energy that had been wiped up in their old house from moving with them to their new home. Mary sent us an email, so today I'm listening to the show. JG's talking about haunted hotels, and at one point he says, quote, there was a mob hit on the staircase, and I was thinking to myself, now why would the mafia put a hit out on a staircase, of all things? <laughs> I may have smoked a small bowl before the show. <laughs> I guess that's what led to the confusion. Anyway, I love the show. I love how Cat loves animals. I myself stop people in the streets, walking their dogs and cats, and ask if I can kiss them right on the lips. The dogs, not the walkers. Of course. Stay safe, get even freakier when you can, and see you on the podcast. Thank you, Mary. Just sent us a message. Boo effect. I had never heard of a tarantula hawk wasp until the last box episode. Now, this shows up on my TikTok, and it's a video of someone intentionally no. allowing a tarantula hawk wasp to sting them. Why? Why? They wrote, it looks like a shallow end moment. <laughs> 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 it absolutely is. Thanks, Jess. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. In the late afternoon of August 20th, 1966, on the rugged terrains of a hill called Vintame, which is in Brazil. I was going to say, that sounds Forgan. A boy's kite flying session took a dark turn. He stumbled upon the remains of two decomposing men. Oof. Yeah, he alerted authorities, but due to the challenging nature of the terrain, it was tough to get in there. It took police uh, a, a day or two 
to actually approach the scene with the proper equipment to for retrieval. Kid with a kite had no problem. No, kid with a <laughs> kite was fine. What they found was baffling. Two men lying side by side, partially obscured by grass. Each was dressed in a suit. And over the suit, a waterproof like raincoat and a very peculiar lead mask over their faces. Like the kind that they use to avoid radiation. Oh, this sounds like a riddle. Two men are in a cabin. There's yeah. a puddle of water. Oh, it's a riddle. But they're... <laughs> Despite the absence of any evidence of a struggle or any significant injuries, the scene was very, very unusual. Along with the bodies, there were empty water bottles, two damp towels in a packet. <laughs> And a notebook with some very odd, perplexing notes inside. So let me back up. Were the notes from the Tom and Shude? Dead men mystery jokes. That's what I'm about. Uh, so it was the swinging 60s. Now I've got the theme from Austin Powers <laughs> stuck in my head. It was a time of revolution and change. And the setting of the country of Brazil, it was vibrant at the time. Two, two seemingly ordinary men, Manuel and Miguel, both respected electronic technicians in the area, in their town. I'm going to try to pronounce it. Get ready. Campo do Guaitacausas. Gosh, that was great. So they tell their families that they're on some kind of a mission and they go out and they buy supplies, equipment for their job, maybe nothing out of the ordinary, perhaps. But now it gets weird. These two guys never return. And that's when several days later, they're found dead on the infamous Tame Hill by a young kite flying boy. Okay. So they had only been missing for a few days? A few days. Okay. But the weirdest thing for me was... I mean, and it's all weird, but... It's all weird. Lead masks? What's all of that about? I don't know. And no signs of violence, no struggle, nothing. It was as if they just lay down and never got up again. In the immediate cause of death, nowhere to be found. And what about the strange notes that were left behind near the bodies? Authorities discovered this small notebook, and inside they found this cryptic note. Quote, 1630, be at the agreed place. 1830, swallow capsules. After effect, protect metals. Wait for mask signal. Oh, come on. What's that supposed Wait to mean? Wait for mask signal? Yeah. What does that mean? Nobody knows. The families were bewildered. The police were baffled. The locals, of course, scared and curious. Rumors started swirling around, each more bizarre than the last one. The whole country, it seemed, was trying to solve this mystery, the mystery of the lead masks. What did that mean? And we still don't know how they died at this point? Well, the investigation was filled with all kinds of unexpected twists and turns, and they did do autopsies, but uh, they didn't reveal any obvious signs of foul play. The clear cause of death was not evident, and they hadn't been missing for long enough for it to be like, oh, they got lost and starved to death or something no, like that. No, no, This is a mystery. The toxicology tests conducted on the bodies were inconclusive largely because the internal organs of the deceased had not been properly 
preserved. The bodies were found in a state of decomp. And due to bureaucratic delays, the organs were deemed unfit for examination by the time testing was conducted. As a result, no traces of poison or any other harmful substances were identified in the systems. So what was in the capsules? We don't know. (gasps) The lack of toxicology evidence contributed to the mystery surrounding their deaths and It leaves a lot of unanswered questions about what actually happened to these two men and what led to their unusual demise. Uh, uh. Yes, Katrina Walls. Um, Do we know if the handwriting in the note was one of those men's handwriting? That was a terrible sentence. I'm sorry. But I'm just I'm working things out in my Mm -hmm, brain parts mm -hmm. right now. Was the note written by one of those men? I'm not sure which one, but they did determine it had been written by one of the men. So it wasn't instructions given to them by someone else or wasn't instructions written down for them by someone else. It doesn't seem to be. Okay. Not 100% sure. Interesting. So it wasn't like a What was that dude's name with the Kool-Aid? Jim Jones. So it wasn't like a Jim Jones situation. Oh, yeah. No, I don't don't think so. Okay. Again, the note read, 1630, be at the agreed place. 4.30 p.m. Uh, Right. 1830, swallow capsules. Why do they have to wait so long to swallow capsules? After effect. What effect? Protect metals. What metals? Wait for mask signal. What does that even mean? mask signal the cryptic nature of this case led to a flood of theories and trust me some of them were pretty pretty far out there police started speculating about ufo encounters of course okay well that's a big thing here in south america in the mountains yeah they there's a lot of uh ufo chitty chat yeah in fact uh, we're a member of a facebook group here in uh in cuenca it's uh, expats and friends or something like that and somebody the admin the admin posted something about sightings ufo sightings in the cajas Mm -hmm. which is maybe 30 miles from here in the andes now the thing that he had posted was a joke but he felt like maybe some people were didn't think it was funny because of actual events or something like that. They took it down anyway. But there have been UFO sightings here in the Andes where we live. Oh, don't think I'm not looking into it. <laughs> what does the signal from the mask mean? And what were the capsules? What metal needed protecting? What I, Did uh, they have the metal of the mask? I or? They, there was nothing else metal that they had that seemed like it would need protecting. Some thought Manuel and Miguel were trying to contact aliens. The lead masks, maybe they were to protect against radiation or to communicate with the extraterrestrials. This is one theory that was put forward. Others speculated that it was some sort of scientific experiment gone horribly wrong. Mm. Maybe now remember these guys were were technicians. They were electrical technicians oh, maybe that's right. maybe the two technicians were testing a new kind of technology or substance and things took a turn for the worse now did they have like like any sort of lab or anything that they that the families knew that they were yeah. working on anything yeah in fact they did oh and with their background in in electronics this theory doesn't seem too hard to or too far-fetched to imagine right it uh, reminds me of the story that you told maybe a year ago about that guy who had, maybe it was two years, I don't know, that guy who was doing his uh, kind of like Tesla work in his garage. Right. And then he just disappeared for a while. Right. 
the time travel guy. Yeah. And then there were theories about spiritual or occult practices where they are part of some sort of uh, secret sect or performing some kind of ritual. The location, the strange attire, the cryptic note, it kind of painted a picture of something otherworldly and mysterious. Well, yeah, you said they were wearing suits, right? Yeah. So it's like they were dressed up for, I mean, unless they were just suit wearing guys, mm. like some, some dudes just wear suits. Yeah. Were they suit guys or were they just, well, they were technicians. Were they up? I, I, it's, my impression is they, they made a special attempt to wear what they were wearing. That's weird. In a, in a way, it reminded me a bit of heaven's, the heaven's cult, yeah. heaven, heaven's gate cult where they were all wearing matching running shoes and purple track suits or, or I, I don't know. They were waiting for a UFO. And so often when people know that they are approaching their end, they dress up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They want to look nice going yep, out. That's right. Some have speculated that the notes were a kind of schedule for a meeting with unknown entities, maybe, maybe interdimensional, maybe extraterrestrial, maybe spiritual. The mention of capsules sparks theories about drug use mm. or poison, possibly explaining the inconclusive toxicology reports. The uh, protect metals, wait for mask signal. That sounded like some kind of a clue for some experiment or ritual. Others pondered over the possibility of secret societies and coded languages. Were they a part of a secret society? And the notes were instructions for a covert ritual experiment. The speculation was nearly endless. And the notes were analyzed and reanalyzed every word, every comma, scrutinized for hidden meanings. And again, this happened in 1966. Mm. Despite fervent investigations and the multitude of theories, the notes remained as confounding as ever. Every interpretation seemed plausible, yet there were there was no concrete evidence to confirm any of these theories uh, as the decades rolled on. It was like trying to solve a jigsaw puzzle, but not all the pieces were there. The cryptic notes from the lead mask case has become a symbol of unexplained mysteries. It really does remind me of a riddle. Yeah. It's been discussed in forums, it's been analyzed in documentaries, studied in investigative reports. What were Manuel and Miguel really up to? Was it a quest for knowledge? Maybe a spiritual journey or something more sinister? Now, fast forward to today. <gasps> Is there an update? Here's an update. You, for you. have an update? Oh I my God. A, I have an update. I thought this was going to end in some sort of like, we still don't know, and I was getting angry. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. you've got an update. I'm okay. so excited. It's not conclusive. Oh, okay. All right. But to me, it seems to track. Okay. Again, here's, here's the message 1630, be at the agreed place. 1830, swallow capsules. Got it. After effect, protect metals. Wait for mask signal. But now we know this. And again, this this seems to track. Okay, just say it. It centers on the account provided by a friend of these two individuals. According to this friend, the two men were part of a group referred to as, quote, scientific spiritualists. Allegedly, they were experimenting with psychedelic substances in an attempt to make contact with extraterrestrial beings or spirits. They believed that such an encounter might involve intense light, which led them to craft metal masks to protect their eyes. 
It's speculated that they may have succumbed to drug overdoses. This narrative does fit with the discovery of the bizarre diary entry in the scene, as well as the presence of the materials for mask making and literature related to spiritual matters in their homes that they found after they passed away. What about the wet towels? You know, guys always throwing towels on the ground, even if the hamper's right there. My source information, Atlas Obscura and history.com. Once again, the answer to so many questions is... Eh, drugs. That was really interesting and told beautifully. Well, thank you. Yeah. Also, you're very handsome. You're just saying that because I'm sitting in a chair this time. Oh, my gosh. How's that working out for you, by the way? Oh, pretty good. I'm pretty lounging good. on a love seat. You're sitting in a chair. Although this chair is a little kind squeaky. Fancy so bitches are we. I'm, I'm going to have to make sure that this chair doesn't squeak as much. But anyway, we're we're making progress in our studio. Hey, thanks for those of you, or thanks to those of you who have submitted Halloween stories for our special. So far, so good. But we still need many, many more. Last year, we actually did two episodes. We had so many. Um, if you've got an experience that uh, you would like to share with us, something that borders on unexplainable or paranormal or just weird we want to hear about it did you have a spooky experience did your cat talk to you did you see a dead lady in your tub curator at the box of oddities.com just record it we want to hear it in your own voice record it on your phone and email it to us we did have somebody uh write it out and send it in saying that they didn't want to have to hear their own voice your voice is going to be fine. Your Don't, voice sounds great. It sounds different to you than it does to everybody else. Right, because it reverberates fine. off the inside of your head. It's science. You sound great. Curator at theboxofoddities.com. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. And fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you. And its fate, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories... Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.